0: Well, after this morning, Alabama fans have a new tight end to dream about for the coming season.
1: Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Been in the uh, fishing for a tight end. Caught one. Got a big one. You've been fishing right over there over the Atlantic near Maryland. Uh, So, Jimmy, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys so much. And I hope everybody's having a wonderful holiday season. I really do. Uh, I think it's going to be – let's make 2023 the Best one yet. Uh, so, Jimmy, CJ Dupree, that's how you pronounce that D I P P R E. Dupree uh, has, has committed to the University of Alabama, uh, a tight end that uh, they also signed Ty Lockwood, obviously. Um, Dupree, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he uh, was the most sought after tight end. Uh, I'm trying to look at a few stats here. I think he had 30 catches last year. Um yeah, thirty he caught thirty he had thirty balls. He caught thirty oh. balls. He caught thirty passes. I got There were so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> he would be the most potent human being on the planet. Uh he caught 30 Not very passes. fast. It that's really slowing him down. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing he had that one hurdle against uh Ohio okay. State this year. Anywho. But that uh, guy up for the season. He caught 30 passes for 339 yards and three touchdowns. He hauled in a season-high 49-yard touchdown against Michigan in September. Um, you know, look, I, I like the pickup, okay? But I also looked at uh, transfer portal ratings. He's not involved right. anywhere. That's, right. that's okay with me. I, I'm, I'm fine with it because we need a tight end. And, I mean, the only other option that, that really was standing out – was Eric Gilbert, who I want nothing to do with anymore. I used to, that used to be my most coveted recruit, by the way, and I want nothing to do with him now. So, um, this guy looks like, uh, gosh, who is, uh, helped me the transfer from Georgia Tech on the 09 team that helped us win a championship? Colin Peake. Colin Peake, who was, uh, he had a stage name from his MTV days, which was like DJ yeah. Banana Head or something. I can't remember what it was. That was it exactly. anyway um or or like you know cp smooth or something i can't it's been a long time and i'm 50 now so y'all bear with me um dupree uh you know playing he played obviously at a power five school played in the big 10 so he knows about uh good competition um watching some of his film he is athletic enough. He is not going to wow you. He's not uh, huge like a Darnell Washington or something. He's He seems like a good tight end that can come in and play. And I think that's probably just what we were looking for. Yeah, would you like it if Darnell Washington were in the transfer portal uh, or Eric Gilbert if he were, you know, a little more stable? Sure, you would love it. You'd love to get him. But I think this is, this is fine. Or an O.J. Howard, this is fine. I'm not going to pretend like this is our biggest get, but this is fine.
1: He's a a glue guy to me. Uh, To me, a glue guy is like not the star of the team, but someone absolutely necessary to win. And this is why, uh, first of all, his numbers are pretty similar to Cam Latus from this past season in terms of uh, as a pass receiver. I think he proved he is, uh, I'm going to use this word as a compliment, actually adequate as a pass receiver. Uh, because he he put up very similar numbers to Latu, and let's be honest, Latu was a really good pass receiver. Uh, he might have had a couple of drops here and there, but the NFL likes Latu a lot as a pass receiver. Uh, Latu is going to be a drafted player. Uh, Dupree is 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 also uh, very likely to be a future pro uh, in the Latu sense. Uh, I think he's just really similar to Latu, but he's coming along at a, at a great time, and this is why. You know, tight end can be done by committee, much like running back. Um, And now uh, Dupree is like was a missing puzzle piece. Now the puzzle looks sort of complete to me at tight end with Dupree because Dupree is primarily a Y. Tight end is two positions. It's Y. That's the, the position that lines up right next to a tackle. So the Y is like the sixth offensive lineman, right? You line up right there on the offensive line. That position is designated as the Y in football. We also flex our tight end quite a bit. We call that position H because that position often lines up in the slot. It often lines up behind the Y. It often lines up at fullback. So we use an H, too. Well, we do have a good H. Robbie Oost, believe it or not, good H. And if you don't believe me, watch the Auburn game. He played the H spot great against Auburn. Early in the season, Oost struggled because we had some injuries that tied in and Oost had to play, right? Well, when Oost had to play, he, he played the Y, because we didn't have anybody else at that time, because Latu was hurt. So Oost played the Y, and it was a struggle. But when you put Oost at the H, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. So now we've got a good Y in Dupree, a good H in Oost. Even better, Luke, we have a second Y that's really good at the line of scrimmage. Miles Kitzelman, great big guy, bigger than Dupree. And, and Kitzelman will now have a year of experience, a year more in our weight room. He was an offensive lineman in high school. Kitzelman's a really good second Y. And who's a second H? Actually, the guy that will eventually be the star of that tight end room. And that's Amari and the Black. Amari and the number two H behind Us. Us will probably play the most snaps. But hey, let's say it's third and eight. And we're most likely going to throw it. Is Oost the guy that's going to be out there? Probably not. Probably being the black. So now we've got two Y's and two H's. And it, it completes kind of a puzzle. Now we can mix a match. When we need two tight ends, it's Dupree and Kitzelman. When we need a regular, just a tight end and an H, it can be Dupree and Oost. And boy, we've really got some good blocking there. And both are legitimate pass-catching options. And when it's third and eight. And we want to use a tight end as a real pass catching threat, it's a to block time. So I, I like the committee. I like what we've built there. Yes, it would be better if we could just not have four and have one Brock Bowers. And when y'all locate the next Brock Bowers, please send an email to the Mal Moore building so that so they'll know where to find tri- those guys are unicorns. They're have to find one and they will look for one in in, in the next class, I'm sure. But if you can't have one superstar, then the next best thing is to get it done by committee. And I think with the addition of C.J. Dupree, we now have an excellent committee at tight end that can uh, really help the team win games.
0: You know, one thing that Alabama could do if looking for Brock Bowers and the next Brock Bowers, they can go to LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a well, high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team and helps you find them faster. You need a tight end, go to like LinkedIn jobs. You need a wide receiver, go to LinkedIn jobs. You need a new offensive coordinator position, Bill O'Brien, go to LinkedIn jobs. <laughs> you can go there and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to find and to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com/slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may and they probably will apply. All right, Jimmy. So one thing I wanted to talk about. You have a great post, by the way, on um, <laughs> on on three, and it's about Kansas State season, and uh, this is rather eye opening because let's let's face it. On this program, on this podcast, on just about every other podcast, nobody's really given this game its due. This is a dang good game. It's a different game now that we know Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Jordan Battle, blah, blah, blah. They're all playing. It's a different game now. Now it's a game. Before it was a glorified spring practice. That's what I've been saying all along. Because we thought these were just going to be some Alabama kids, you know, learning the ropes for next year. Now it's a game, boys. And so it, I think we need to uh, approach it as such. Um, by the way, this is apropos of nothing what I'm about to say. Um, I saw somebody made a post. I'm not believing it. I, it could have been just some random dude who said he had some information that potentially Alabama is putting together an in I say Alabama, I don't know who, um, for Bryce Young to stay one more year. I couldn't see that with a pair of binoculars looking through a telescope. But um, if that were to happen, Bryce Young would immediately become everybody's favorite Alabama player ever under every circumstance. And if he wasn't, I would force them to rethink their position. I don't think it'll happen, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just saw a post on it which was fairly coherent and long. So if somebody was just lying about some BS, then, uh, you know, Boy, they took a lot of time out of their holiday season to write that. But my gosh, I just had the thought, like it hadn't even dawned on me Bryce would come back. But what if we did sort of get an ideal NIL for him to come back? Don't don't elaborate on it because I don't even want to go down this path and dream about it. I mean, it would be so heartwarming. It would be, it would be heartwarming enough that I think the Hallmark channel would do a story on it. It'd be like this Christmas, Bryce Young warms the hearts of every Crimson Tide fan. Um, anyway. Well, I won't burst any
1: bubbles bubbles there. I'll just point out that the NFL has allowed NIL deals for a long time.
0: (laughs) Good point. All right. So you have a post about Kansas State season. And you just go down game by game. Um, We don't need to necessarily go through every game, but we can take these two segments and talk about it a little bit. Kansas State opens up defeating South Dakota 34 to nothing. Eh, okay. Doesn't mean much. Then they beat Missouri 40-12. to 12. Now, look, Missouri, that that's nice. Uh, that was Missouri's opener. That's nice. It's an SEC team, too. So, while Missouri certainly wasn't at the top of the heap of the SEC, they went to a bowl game, and not every team in the SEC went to a bowl game. Um, Kansas State loses by seven to Tulane. Now, when it happened, we were like, there goes Kansas State season. Now both teams are in the uh, New Year's Six Bowl. Six. So.
1: Who had that game as, like, one of the – Premium non conference games of the season, but yeah. it proves to be on a very short list of best non conference matchups in 2022 Kansas State versus Tulane and uh, Tulane won. And, and it's, a, it's I, I think I wrote simultaneously a low point of the season,
0: but looking back on it, you're like, you know, for a low point, that's not that bad, it's not bad at all. Um, yeah. then they beat Oklahoma by seven, th- 41 to 34. Now, of course. We look back and say Oklahoma wasn't that good, especially not at that moment. Um, but Kansas State doesn't get to beat Oklahoma very often. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I think that's a very solid, nice win. Then um, they beat Texas Tech 37-28. Yeah. They beat Iowa 10-9. Eh. They Iowa, lose. State, Iowa State 10-9. I, I think that's an, an
1: interesting score because, while that's an unimpressed uh, – Iowa State wasn't good this year at all. Uh, So it's sort of an unimpressive one point win over an unimpressive team, but they held a power five team to nine points. I mean, so even when they, they didn't play well, but the defense did. I mean, that's a good performance. Let me me
0: say this. I think the Iowa state one point win 10 to nine is, looks worse than losing to T to Tulane
1: 17.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, But based on how the season played out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. then they lose to TCU by 10. Now they Kansas State had an 18-point lead, 28 to 10, and TCU rattles off 28 straight points. Um, I mean, obviously that kind of stuff happens, but I mean, frankly, they they should have they should have won that game. I mean, so and TCU's in the playoffs. And they and by the way, they got revenge later on, which we'll get to. Uh, oh, um, even bigger than that, Luke, and
1: I'm gonna have a whole post about that game probably tomorrow on the board. Everybody check that out on Wednesday. Uh in that game, Kansas State's up 28-10. to 10. They're beating the crap out of playoff team TCU. Kansas State lost Adrian Martinez, their, their quarterback, in that game. So they had to replace him with Will Howard, who they lost by injury in that game. And they had to replace him with quarterback number three, who was ineffective. And, and trying to score in the fourth quarter, they even went with quarterback number four. They played four quarterbacks because their wow. first two got hurt. I mean, that, that game, Luke, may have – it may have painted the playoff more than any other game all seen. And, and again, Kansas State led it 28 to 10. They had TCU thoroughly beaten and then start their quarterbacks started dropping like flies, which allowed TCU to come back and win the game. If TCU had lost the game, they're not in the playoff. If Kansas State had won the game, maybe they're in the playoff as Big 12 champs. Maybe. Uh, or if not. They're an Alabama spot. Is Alabama in the playoff if Kansas State had won that game? Uh, that that's that may have been the defining game that sort of uh, completed the puzzle for the 2022 season. Uh, and, and it took a bizarre set of circumstances for Kansas State to blow it.
0: Uh, then they just whip up on Oklahoma State. Now, again, Oklahoma State turned out to be not very good. You know, when all of a sudden none, but it's you beat them 48 nothing. That's good. Now, here's the game that sort of sticks out. Um, at least they beat Iowa State, right? 10 to nine. They lose to Texas 34 27. Now, you know, of course, Texas gave Alabama everything they wanted, but this was coming off Kansas State's whipping of Oklahoma State. And what this tells me is Kansas State's just not the kind of program that can play its best one week and then like, I know you're not going to play your best the next week, but get get even moderate. I think they're, they're going to have those swings. That's just kind of the mindset of that program. And they lose to Texas, and they frankly just shouldn't have done that. I mean, Texas really wasn't good enough to to hang with them, much less beat them. And I, I'd say the same thing about Alabama, but we all know Alabama had its problems this year. I um, love that take.
1: Yeah, I love that take. Despite their Big 12 championship, Luke, I think that loss to Texas sort of tells us that, Kansas State is a very good team. That's why they won 10 games and won the. bit. They're very good, but they're not great. Right. A great. A great team would have beat Texas that day. Uh, they're not great. I, I'll grant them a mulligan against Tulane because Tulane probably surprised them with how good they were. But, uh, yeah, that Texas loss to me is what eh, – Kansas, Kansas State's a good team. You, you can't win 10 games and not be good, but uh, but they're not great.
0: Um, then they uh, beat up on Baylor. So, again, sort of the swings, uh, 31-3. Then they beat West Virginia, 48-31, not a big deal. They beat Kansas, 47-27. Uh, and as you say, that's probably their second-best performance. I think that's true. And then, of course, they beat uh, TCU in the championship game rematch. So, you know, they, they've got some nice wins. I mean, the TCU is obviously win is their, obviously their best one. But I don't think as a whole – as a country, we believe in TCU very much. So it's nice. It is nice. And it certainly – I mean, it's a notch on the bedpost because you beat a playoff team. That that counts. That can't, means something.
1: They're the only uh, team to beat a playoff team that is not in the playoff. Kansas State. True, true. Because, true. because two teams are undefeated, right? Georgia and Michigan are undefeated. Ohio State has a loss, but it's to Michigan. Correct. Loss is to Kansas State, so they're the only non-playoff team with a win over a playoff team. That makes an Alabama win, should it happen, hugely significant.
0: Yep, correct. All right, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about the NHSTA. Uh, that's their Drive Sober uh, initiative. Look, that's you're hanging one. out with some you're hanging out with some friends, and you're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. We've all been there. Uh, as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can handle this. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? Uh, you know, and if you, even if you drive drunk, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance will go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job. You could hurt somebody. You could hurt yourself, even kill yourself. Everyone knows the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly and even more often preventable. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers out there looking right now for impaired drivers on our roads. They're there to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. There's too many rideshare services out there now. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Jimmy, I'm going to take a detour here. Because, number one, one thing we love to do after uh, an NFL Sunday is talk about Bama players in the NFL. And Bama players did well again. Um, Derrick Henry had over 100 yards, but the Titans are falling apart at the seams. Uh, Jalen Waddell had a really nice touchdown pass from Tua Tungo Loa. by the way. Devontae Smith had two touchdowns on Saturday. Um, he looked fantastic. Um, and uh, they the Eagles lost, but he looked great. Of course, Jalen Hurst didn't play. But what I really want to sp- spend some time talking about here in this last segment is Tua Tagovailoa because he gets in the- he's in concussion protocol again. And I remember the play, and, of course, everybody's shown the play again. But I remember the play very distinctly watching the game live. Like I was like, ooh, he hit his head really hard. Tua's just the kind of cat. Number one, he is kind of injury prone. I think it's fair to say that now. I mean, it, you know, I used to get offended by it a little bit because – but I think he's number one. He's, Tua doesn't know how to take a hit. Tua, when he was being tackled this particular time, his body sort of shifted and he landed almost purposely on the back of his head and it bounced off the ground. And I, I think he's got to learn, I've, I have have to fall differently. Like that takes some coordination, that takes some dexterity, um, all those things. But he just doesn't have a sense of – knowing how to to take a hit. Like he doesn't know how to crumple correctly. I mean, Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, these guys know how to take hits because they they know, okay, I'm so valuable. Like I need when I need to get down, when I need to, if I am falling, how I should fall. And I wonder if some of this can be attributed to, and again, this is me just throwing out a theory that maybe because of when he played in in Hawaii, he wasn't he probably wasn't hit that often, frankly. So maybe he just didn't learn it. Maybe it is a learned skill at a young age. You know, um, everything's easier when you learn it young. So maybe it's good for everybody to play behind a crappy offensive line for about a year just to learn, hey, I I don't want to take many more hits like this. Or when I'm falling, I need to turn myself in such a way that I don't hit my head. I'd rather hit my shoulder than hit my head, hit my elbow than hit my head. Um, Especially a guy like Tua, who who has had several concussions now, And boy, I don't want him to be out this game. Um, It's a, it's a big game Uh, this coming up weekend. uh, They're playing new England Um, means a lot. Um, And it's it's a shot for the playoffs. And uh, you just hate to think that the dolphins may not be able to get there. And look, here's the other thing. There was such a stark contrast to the way he played prior to that hit and how he played after that hit. I mean, it was like two different quarterbacks and, um, I'm just worried about him, man, because uh, I, I'll tell you, I just gave my daughter yesterday, I gave my son a signed Jalen Hurts Eagles jersey. He's a huge Eagles fan. And my daughter just loves Alabama players. She loves and loves Tua, but she she likes Dolphins too. So I gave her a signed Tua jersey and for Christmas. And I, the first thought I had was, man, this is so cool. Like the two guys that are – Forever linked together because of the 2018, especially the SEC title game and the national championship game the year before, um, they're forever linked. You know, like they both got their jerseys. But then I started getting sad about it. I was like, "Well, Hurts missed yesterday's game and uh, or the other day's game, and Tua is now out for God knows how long. Crap. Uh, it's a rough
1: sport. Rough sport.
0: It is a rough sport, man. But I'm just worried about Tua and and." I don't. I'm not going to be a guy that's going to be like, "Hey, you should retire." I see a lot of that kind of stuff out there, but hmm. gosh, he, he's got to learn to do something here. And um, the Dolphins certainly need him. I would love it for the Dolphins. I mean, look, he he made such a nice pass to to Waddle. Of course, Waddle made a lot of it happen, but he was having a great day with Tyreek Hill. All these things, and it just it feels like it's coming apart for him.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for him to hear. Uh, because there will be famed, uh, renowned neurologists that tell Tua, both to his face and on television, that uh, he should retire from football. It uh, may be too late and that he will have uh, this much higher degree of, uh, of, of cognitive uh, uh, injury for the rest of his life. Uh, Already, and that's if he quit playing today, he's going to hear that uh, from doctors and that's going to be very difficult because I think we all assume that even hearing that he's going to want to play and some neurologists associated with football will eventually again clear him to play and he probably will and that's fine. That's a decision for Tua and Ake. Uh, and not for any of us to make. It's for Tua to make, and whatever decision he makes should be supported by everyone, whether he plays or doesn't play. Uh, but if he does play, I'm with Luke. He's he's going to have to play differently, uh, or maybe less. Maybe he should be the number two. Just I mean, just play in case of emergency, guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I don't I don't know. It, it, it so much of the concussion. Uh, stuff is, is difficult for all of us to understand. For instance, uh, I get all of it. I get the dangers. I, I want to do what we can to protect these guys, at, while at the same time, kind of keeping the core of the game that, that, that we've all loved so much. And uh, gosh, you know, so many of our friends, uh, you know, have played football at a high level, and most of them, if not 90 plus percent of them, seen Fine, you know, but gosh, it's so scary. You don't want Tua to have issues down the line. Uh, So it is scary uh, pulling for him. Uh, What I hope and what I would ask all the fans, Alabama fans, Dolphins fans, football fans, is just be supportive of whatever decision is made. Uh, Hey, if he plays, that's great. Be careful, man. If you don't play, that's great. Appreciate all that you've shown us and all the exciting times and wins. You're one of the greats, even with a a short career. Uh, So whatever he decides, I think everyone should support it either way.
0: All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. Um, I feel like we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. And uh, then then it's sort of, you know, we're going to try and be here as much as we can this week. we got a few things going on. Of course, New Year's coming in. It's always crazy and hectic around the holiday season. But, man, I'm going to say again, we appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for all the old listeners. Thanks for all the new listeners. You guys have made this so special and so much fun for Jimmy and me, and we, we truly do appreciate it. So until next time, roll tide, everybody.
1: Roll tide.